What is up, everybody? You are listening to the Grace in the Gray podcast. You probably know that already on account of it's what you clicked. But we do the Grace in the Gray podcast to allow the black and white of Scripture to speak into the gray areas of our culture. Not our lives. (laughs) Never our lives. (laughs) That's not been the tagline from the beginning. And my co-hosts here have been kind enough to not tell me that I've been butchering it for weeks. Well, if I can kick you while you're down, I don't think it's our culture. I think it's just culture. Oh, my gosh. Somebody write it down for me. Because what is our culture? Is it your culture? Is it the shared between the three of us? Is it the person listening? <laughs> Those are deeper questions for a different time. Yep. You know why? Because this week we're talking about serving. And speaking of serving, before we jump into the meat of the discussion, I have an icebreaker question, which Sam has already answered, even though she wasn't supposed to, but James has not even heard it yet. The icebreaker question is as follows. If you had a live-in butler that could only do a single task for you, what one task would you pick? Cat litter. Cat litter? Mm -hmm. I could live without that. That's pretty brilliant. I hadn't even thought of that one. We have cats too. Do you have cats? Nope. That would be it if I did have cats. (laughs) Oh, trust me. Yeah, it would be. Anybody out there listening, if you don't have cats, I swear on my life, it would be cat litter if you had cats. It's one of the worst things in the world to do. (laughs) Around As far as things around the house go, I guess I shouldn't leave it that broad. (laughs) Although it may be up there now that that I think about it. No, I blame myself because when I was in high school, I would occasionally be asked by like a teacher to stop in and while they were out of town and scoop their cat's litter and it was never like what mine are <laughs> do you wait too long well i don't see how that is relevant to the conversation <laughs> um but yes but even if i didn't and the occasional time that i don't i mean i would absolutely have a living butler do that yeah what no. about you ben uh, it's got to be the same thing now no you have to pick something else <laughs> well i liked I like both of yours. Why don't you give yours now that you've already given so the listeners can hear? Well, since you called me out, I wanted to pick a different one, but I can't because the butler is only able to do one thing. Just one thing. And I'm not going to waste that on mopping because Hmm. my kids spill enough water. It's basically like mopping, right? How often often do you mop? (laughs) Oh. How often would you mop if you mopped as often as you liked? That was a lot of words for that question. (laughs) Um, I guess twice a week maybe would be ideal. Yeah. That is not what happens in my house. No. But the butler. But that's the thing. Your, your butler is going to be sitting around for like a, a week at a time, half a week at a time. Or would you make your it'll butler take, mop every day? No, it'll take the butler that long to do my laundry, which is the thing that I choose because laundry is never ending mm-hmm. with a husband and three children. It, it's just three of us in our house and we never seem to get ahead. Mm-mm. We always make big plans and then something ends up sitting completed in the dryer for like four days and we haven't turned anything over or folded anything. My dining room table right now is covered in clean clothes. Yeah. There's it'll, always like a place, right? Yeah. And it'll it'll get done before I have company. But until then, it's just going to sit on the dining room table because there's not enough time. <laughs> was it uh, Rick was preaching a message the other day. He's talking about don't do that kind of stuff before you have guests over. Right. So it looks like your house is lived in. <laughs> so maybe we should all get rid of these imaginary butlers, guys. <laughs> That's the real lesson for today. James, you go and you fire that cat litter butler. <laughs> Yeah, I think cat litter has to be the task that wins for the icebreaker question. Every icebreaker question has a winner. Okay. 
Sam, you haven't experienced that, but I think it wins. Yeah. If I had cats, I'd probably be on that team too. Um, anyway, today we're talking about serving. I'm not sure. Serving exactly. in the yeah. church. Serving in the church specifically. Right. Because yeah. you can volunteer anywhere. Yeah. For very worthy causes. Mm-hmm. But I want to know, I asked the question, why is it important to serve in the church that you call your home? Yeah. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to oversimplify it. We might end up wrapping this up in eight minutes. But um, I was looking through some of the verses uh, that came to mind when we when I heard we'd be talking about serving today. Um, one of those is the, the verse that I'm putting forward is our kind of verse that underscores what we do in media um, at Cedar Creek anyway. Um, and that's Mark 3. It's the parable of the sower, um, which if you don't know what that story is, it's a guy broadcasting seeds and they fall where they fall. And some of them don't make it. Some of them make it, but they're not great. And some actually do make it bear fruit and uh, the process repeats. So uh, where that relates to media is that we're essentially doing the same thing. We are broadcasting. We don't really have control over where our stuff lands or what happens to it when it does, but we're going to help get it there. And in my mind, that's right there with uh, what we talked about this past Sunday. when we, The message was on serving. That was 1 Corinthians 3. And Paul is saying the same sort of thing of, I planted a seed, Apollos watered it, and God made the growth. But that process involves people being there at mm-hmm. the time that they were appointed to be there to do their part on it. And that's that's my take on serving in the church. Yeah. I, I'm curious to hear, because all three of us obviously work for the staff of a church at this point, so a huge part of our service to the church is actually as part of our employment or our career path, but that wasn't always the case for uh, all of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, before you were working for a church, what your like individual journey with serving actually looked like? Well, mine is still going. I still serve in Kids Creek, which is not related to my job. Um, in the nursery. And as we started coming to church regularly after our first daughter was born, um, we were dropping her off in the in the nursery every Sunday. And we're like, we just started feeling this little tug. Like, OK, we're asking them to keep our daughter every week mm-hmm. for an hour. Like, why couldn't we do that for somebody else? And so that kind of started the journey with serving. And that has been almost almost 10 years. Holy cow. <laughs> Well, she just turned nine, so it's been nine years. Um, Yeah, so it just, you know, you have to be open to recognizing the tug at your heart. And I think that's work from the Holy Spirit as as you progress in your faith journey and then recognizing, okay, I'm I'm not here just to consume. I think we've talked about that on a recent podcast. I'm not here just to consume and sit in the message and then pick up my daughter smiling from kids creek because she had a great time but like Mm -hmm. it's my turn to give back yeah that's interesting you're a committer 10 years i try i don't think i've ever done anything in my life for 10 years but it's nine how long have you been married uh not 10 almost oh gosh ashton (laughs) he will commit yeah i am committed i'm just not to 10 yet i assume that will be the first thing there you go something else comes first i don't know 
That's crazy though. James, what was your volunteer experience like? So I've got a complicated relationship to volunteering as well because I was playing the organ in church when I was in like 10th grade. And one day a paycheck showed up with my name on it. And I remember approaching my dad at the time and I said, hey, uh, y'all are paying me for something. Can you tell me what that is so I can keep doing that thing that you're paying me for? (laughs) Or at least put special emphasis on it. He goes, no, y'all, you do a lot and you're playing the organ and we you just have to guess what you did right (laughs) yeah so um prior to that i was actually doing media in church i started doing that when i was like 10 um but it was similar sort of thing i was watching my dad do it and i said wouldn't it be different or better if you did this (laughs) (laughs) which people that know me can't imagine me saying something like that um but here we are and he said, you, you think you could do this better? And I said, well, yeah. Famous last words. <laughs> and I got on the rotation, and I learned more and more. And uh, I think that's what volunteering looks like, um, especially w- when it's not just volunteering and you're getting into serving. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk a lot around here about shape. And, man, when that thing that you're cut out for, that your shape matches when you cross paths with it, I mean, you you know it resonates with you right away, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the case for me. Uh, it didn't take long for me to get into a situation where I wasn't technically volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had to kind of separate in my mind, what, what am I doing? Why am I doing these things? And how do I balance what I'm getting paid for versus, you know, what God's made me to do? Yeah. Um, and I'm blessed that a lot of that's overlapped, yeah. especially here uh, that's, recently. That's me too, obviously, because most of the places that I volunteered before I was in staff on church was with uh, other musicians playing in a band for church or something like that. And that literally developed into a career path for me as well. So I started I started playing, I think I started with bass in like our uh, center point here, our student ministry right here at Banks Mill when I was coming up in church. That's how I started. Then maybe summer after 11th or 12th grade year, I did like a summer internship. Um, Then went off to college. And then right before I graduated college, uh, got a call about a job opening where they were essentially asking, do you know anybody? Because I was at a school that had a worship leadership degree um, and was friends with a lot of people that were also in youth ministry and stuff like that. So they were actually calling, asking do you know anybody that would be a good fit for this role? And me ended up being the person who was a good fit for the role. (laughs) Um, So I ended up coming on staff here, but that, that obviously wouldn't have started if I hadn't, if I hadn't, especially early on found a role that I could fulfill that matched with the uh, abilities that I already had. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's just always really interesting to me to hear kind of the genesis of some of those stories where somebody gets started because that's the big question, right? Is like, how do you jump in if you're not? Because um, starting something new is the hardest part. Continuing with it then I guess becomes the second hardest part. But Sam seems to have that pretty well taken care of. <laughs> Ten years. No, nine. Nine. I got to correct nine. myself. Nine. Oh, gotcha. But you mentioned shape and I've heard the other argument too that Yes, you can find something that you are shaped for, but what about the things that make you stretch yourself? Mm. 
that you step into that may not necessarily be your thing. Because if you'd asked me however many years ago if I would be a Kids Creek volunteer, I probably would have said no, because until I had kids, kids weren't really my thing. Like they were cute and fine, but I didn't really want to spend a ton of time with them. Yeah. But then after we started serving and you get to know the children and you get to build relationships, but then also have that interaction with the parents. Like that's where I found my groove on on the the surface level. It didn't seem like a good fit. But then once I experienced it, it I was stretched in the way of working with kids and taking care of kids and changing diapers well, and all those fun things. Yeah, but I bet like there's a million different ways in which like you're your disposition or your personality lends itself really well to serving with kids, even if you didn't have that, like, I'm naturally drawn to children mm-hmm. without even having kids. Would you say that's fair to say? Yeah. And I think that can translate in so many different areas. Yeah. And that's the thing is a lot of people get kind of hung up on the face of it, looking at some of these volunteer positions that like we as a church offer. And they think to themselves like, well, I'm not good with computer stuff. So how can I serve in media when the reality is that, uh, being good with computer stuff is not necessarily a prerequisite for a lot of the positions in media. In fact, a lot of the stuff gets pre-programmed by either James or myself mm-hmm. well before the week ever starts. And a lot of it is more like maybe we want some artistic input f- from you and you have that like artistic eye or um, maybe we just need a task done diligently and attentively or you're being very attentive to that task. You know, it, it's stuff like that where. Or the same thing with kids where you feel like you have to be like this, like a preschool, you have to be a preschool teacher to do anything mm-hmm. with Kids Creek and stuff like that. But that's often really not the case. Um, so, yeah, that's a good point. It seems like some of the stuff with serving, you find out more about what your shape is by spending some time serving in places. Yeah. And I think sometimes people think that when they try out an area, they're committing yeah. for nine years yeah. when, <laughs> when you could very reasonably try out guest services yeah. and then if that's if that's not your jam then you move on to something else and and find the way that you can can serve god can yep. show his love to others through whatever area of church it may exactly. be exactly yeah so if you're paying attention listener what we're saying is that sam is a freak and an outlier <laughs> Sure. Statistically. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Sorry. Statistically. No, there are people that have beaten me. Uh, we have people in Kids Creek. Mr. Ed, I know. I think he's been here for like 20 years. Oh, yeah. And he is my daughter's small group leader. And we just got the cutest postcard in the mail. Like he took the time to write in a circle. So I had to turn the postcard as I read the sentence. <laughs> and he's he's including little tidbits about her life that she shared with him. And he's checking in on those things. And so, so cool. it's not just Sunday morning. It's, it's yeah, a postcard oh, yeah. that, you know, he took five minutes right on Sunday after church that she yep. gets on a Wednesday and it really makes a huge impact. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder who I wonder who the longest serving volunteer is currently at Banks Mill. Ooh. Can we find that? We should I'm sure find we that. could. I would ask too. And then maybe celebrate it on like social media or something. That would be awesome. It's you think I think it's in Kids Creek. It's yeah, probably so. It's not in band, I can tell you that much. What about media? Any long time? Well, I do. Um I actually just ran the numbers on that, including me. I have 13 on my team at the moment, and two of those and myself are the only ones that have not joined in the last two years. Wow. Hmm. But Got some tenure. Yeah. Um, One of those goes back a few years, but one goes way back. So that might be. Could be. Could be the one. Could be 15 years. 15. We'll have to compare. I mean, yeah. That's crazy. I, I'm trying to think of who 
there are a few members of the band that have been around longer than I have at the Banksville campus. But I don't know how long they were here before me. I think most of them probably joined with the guy that was right before me. Mm-hmm. But I can't I can't be sure without asking him. I'll have to reach out to him. That would be interesting to me to find out who 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 has been serving at Cedar Creek Church the longest, excluding staff members. We're going to find it out. We're going to find out. And put it on social media. Yeah. I just made more work for Sam. <laughs> that's that's kind of my thing. <laughs> It'd be fun. It will be fun to yeah. celebrate. So I have I have another question for you guys, and this may have not been something that you've bumped up against uh, in your experience, either on staff or in volunteering or just being around church. But have you ever had the pushback from somebody that they they think the church puts too much emphasis on serving within the walls where they should be spending mm-hmm. a lot more time, like serving the poor and the needy that don't come to church? You guys ever heard that kind of pushback? Sam says, yes, James looks uncertain. I think I have. It's usually in like an offhanded comment, though. You know, because the the people saying it, then there's no action that follows it. You know, kind of like go be the church. You see the problem, go fix the problem. You're saying we're focused too much on serving within the church, but we should be serving outside. Are you serving outside? Are you doing any of those? Yeah, like um, speck and plank kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What comes to mind? I know of a a church in the area who with uh, I say this, this is not a, any question of their attitude because I, I got to see it firsthand and they got the right spirit about it. Uh, but they're a church that said, we don't want to do operation Christmas child because there are people that need that stuff right here. Hmm. So then they, they flipped and they said, we're going to do it right here. Mm-hmm. So they still collect boxes and they still do all the things, uh, but they've developed their own local partners that they push stuff out to in directly in the community where they know it's needed um, as opposed to to way off where you know it's, it's in God's hands where those things land yeah and there's plenty of support for that yeah but I guess that's the conversation more between like local and global service versus like inside the church versus outside the church uh, service and I think like anytime we do like a big push for like serve among us I, I can definitely understand from the outside looking in why that would look like a little self-serving. Right. Self-serving. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking up some um, references for discussion, and this, this verse kind of goes along with it. So this is Galatians six ten. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Mm-hmm. So that kind of speaks to serving in the church. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it uses the word especially. Mm-hmm. So does that mean start there? Mm-hmm. serve there first and then work out yeah or there's there's another passage that uh, i'm, I'm going to end up making you look up the reference okay. for later <laughs> when you do the show notes but it's i think it's from one of the joanine epistles where he talks about how it's how they'll know you yeah uh you'll be known by uh the way that you treat uh brothers and sisters in christ so uh, even on a practical level because that's that's just kind of an instruction and that's helpful because sometimes you just need to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. Some, let me rephrase that. Sometimes I just need to be told what to do. <laughs> but John gives us a little like sneak peek into the why behind it to a certain extent, because um, there's there's something alluring about watching a community function that takes good care of one another. Mm-hmm. That makes you want to be a part of that community or one like it. Well, that um, kind of goes back to our discussion about belonging to the church. Yeah, exactly. Being the church family, taking care of each other. Yeah, this is this is part of that. If we want... If we want authentic connection and something like home group for our model to look like 
alluring or attractive to people who are outside of it. And if we want consistent attendance on Sunday morning, just about everything else, you want uh, what you have as a believer to look attractive and more than just looking attractive. Obviously, you want it to be something that actually produces like something beautiful and fruitful in your life and not not the kind of fruit that's like. I don't know what to call it other than surface level fruit when the roots are rotten, mm-hmm. but something that's actually sturdy enough to where it's fruit that can't be taken down by wind, yeah. um, no matter what kind of tragedies or cataclysms may come, <laughs> uh, that that fruit's still going to be something that you get to enjoy because it's not assailed by those things. I feel like you continued the parable of the sower. Ooh, brought it all back. <laughs> <laughs> it's parable of the sower part two. It's a sequel that... Never came out in the Bible. <laughs> that was bold. I retract immediately. I'm not adding to the Bible, guys. Not today. Fan fan fiction. Fan fi- Yeah, at best, it's a spinoff. Maybe. Yeah. That that's an interesting question. Uh, what rolls around in my head to that question is, um, you know, as far as advancing the gospel, is that what service looks like? outside of you know our community as a church mm-hmm. um in my mind i've been told to stay away from the food metaphors by somebody who shall remain nameless it's me it's been i don't mind being known it's been ben's told me you gotta stop man enough is enough <laughs> yeah so here's here's a not food metaphor um i think of like um like a car garage taking mm-hmm. your car to a mechanic uh there are things that you can do to a car um even by yourself um, i'm living proof of that uh, I've done a couple big jobs. It was the same job twice, and that's because I'm not a good mechanic. <laughs> but I did that myself. I didn't go to a shop. Uh, but there's huge benefits if you can get your car to the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, there's resources. There's people. There's uh, the types of things that your car needs. They're yeah. already doing them there. Yeah. Um, so getting to where those resources are mm-hmm. is a big part of it. Uh, so I, I say that painting with a pretty broad brush uh, that is well, what does the balance look like between I'm going to serve my community mm-hmm. um, primarily with the goal of sharing the gospel how does that fit with the service that we're doing in the church yeah. I think that's that's almost like saying everyone who comes to church is a believer because there are there are people walking through the doors that you could be serving that don't know Jesus. They're coming just to check things out, or they have a lot of questions. They've never accepted Christ, well, or I, children. I think the passage I referenced has already kind of bridged that gap between serving inside versus serving outside. Is is mm-hmm. part of the reality is as as you take good care of like your brothers and sisters in the believing community, it looks attractive. It is attractive uh, to have that kind of kinship to somebody that's outside of it. And in that sense, you're not necessarily serving in the sense that you're meeting a direct need, which is also important in addition to what I'm describing, but it, it does still have that uh, effect of bringing people into the community so they can experience that kind of inclusion and love as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the I think the the big misunderstanding is that somehow there's, there's just this like harsh limitation of serving resources that, uh, kind of forcibly imposes you to say what percentage of serving should be done inside the church versus what percentage of serving should be done outside of the church when the reality is that those two things are a lot more fluid than they may seem at first glance. Um, 
and there are far greater resources than seem apparent. You know, I, th- I think about the um, Christ feeding the 5,000. That's that's the God we're thinking of. That's whose kingdom we're building when we serve. And so the resources aren't really as finite as we may think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of that discussion. But I do, like I said at the beginning of bringing that up, like it, it makes a lot of sense. And it, maybe it is something that the church should be kind of cautious about is making sure that we don't drive, drive, drive home serving inside um, at the expense of being intentional about encouraging people to serve outside. Well, when you say resource, I kind of thought about the resource of self. What if you're asked to serve or you feel the nudge to serve, but you don't feel equipped? Hmm. You don't feel good enough. You don't feel like you've arrived. Why should you step out and do it anyway? Uh, You're in good company. Yeah, for one, um, for sure, and I don't mean just mean that locally. Um, that's the whole story of the Bible is people that are ill-equipped to do what God's called them to do. Um, so, uh, if you've read your Bible and you identify with any one of those people, you're in good company because at the end of the day, we're good at what we do. I like to think, and we're equipping people, but the strength is in doing it together. Yeah. You might even say it's better together. Yeah. You could. But why would you when you can just put it on a t-shirt? That's true. <laughs> then it's and big. then wear it while you start. How does that keep coming up? <laughs> I'm sick of it. <laughs> Get rid of it. It's not a slogan anymore. I can't take it. Uh, We're not, guys. We're worse together. Jeez. We need to workshop it. <laughs> no, it's a great slogan. Find another way to say it. <laughs> yeah. I So I agree with what James said. There's also like, there's a sense in which a part of the greatest adventures of life is in stepping out boldly and doing things really terribly a couple of times um, and experiencing maybe even some of the suffering that comes along with us Mm -hmm. or with that, because that's how you learn. Right. Um, And it's how you learn quickly. It's how you learn efficiently. And there's, we don't, we don't really think of it this way. I don't really think of it this way, but there's, there's an obscure joy in failure. Um, You know, I, the light bulb comes to mind, right? Like whoa, whoa. Thomas Edison. I yes. can't remember his yes. name for some. <laughs> Benjamin Edison, Franklin. Edison bulbs. <laughs> yeah. So Thomas Edison said something about he didn't learn how to make a light bulb. He learned how not to make a light bulb a hundred times or something along those lines. I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing, but like that idea. And that's that's kind of cheesy. But the like the core of that is a hundred percent true. Like there really is an obscure beauty in failure. And if you can endure the discomfort of doing something poorly and the fear of letting other people down, then there's something really, really lovely at the end of that process when you finally do get to a point where you can do something and do it competently. But if you're not willing to take that risk in the first place, you'll never learn to do anything competently from the beginning. So that's that's part of the equation when it comes to I'm not equipped. There's also, man, again, <laughs> we discover more and more how deeply all of these things we're talking about with like what, what is this series? Church disciplines or like practices. church habits, practices. Thank you. Um, how deeply intertwined they are and how none of them are standalone. When you live in a, in a close knit community of people that takes good care of each other, there are ways for you to get equipped. Like you, you're, you're not equipped. That may be true. You may not be ready to step into a volunteer position like this, but if you feel the call, then get equipped. Um, there are people that you can lean into. There are resources that you can access. Ask some questions and look silly for two seconds so that you can 
learn more things Mm -hmm. and make yourself a little bit more helpful to the people around you. There's nothing more meaningful than that in life. Or even bring a friend, like struggle alongside a friend. Learn it together. Yeah, yeah that's a brilliant idea. It's so much fun. Because yeah. then you can both look silly. Yeah, and you, and you can, can laugh at each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that really is smart. Yeah. Well, if I could throw a different light on it, for one, I agree with everything you just said. But also... Um, i got to say something more controversial. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to catch myself on seeing the potential negatives. Because, mm-hmm. I mean especially with with what you and i do and the teams we lead uh failure is often uh big and public yeah (laughs) and uh and and i'm not minimizing that um but i also want to not miss the opportunity if somebody who's listening to this is thinking about serving and maybe has that hesitation uh the what the team gains from having somebody with fresh eyes come in and see what we do um, could feel like failure on their end. But I mean, it is, it is a fresh wind Mm -hmm. on the other side. Um, I'm I'm looking at that now uh, where for the last year I've been tossing around like stage design ideas and thinking, you know, how can I do this? What am I going to do? You know, I can come up with an idea, but how am I going to execute it? Turns out I have two people that are like full-time construction guys on my team. Didn't know that till I brought it up, uh, but that's what they bring in. And that's, that's not how they, I think, ever expected to serve in media. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they're, they have learned and are doing very well with the task that they didn't walk in the door possessing, but they bring so much more with them. Um, the, the failures along the way, uh, I mean, to your point, they're they're learning opportunities, but they're also, in a lot of cases, an opportunity for us to do things a new way yeah. that we didn't think about because we didn't have that perspective. Yeah, that's really true. Just some fresh eyes on stuff can be absolutely invaluable. If I had a thesaurus, I'd look up alternatives to how we are doing that stuff better together. <laughs> Um, but you don't have a thesaurus. I, I don't. So you're mad about it. I'm very, very mad, mad. Very, very mad. Super duper mad. Very mad about it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to insert a shameless plug here. What is your greatest need right now as you lead your different ministry areas? Where's the biggest gap? Where do you need someone to step up and serve? I need somebody to replace James for his ministry area. I, I keep saying we need to have somebody on staff that can just take care of this production stuff. <laughs> It's weighing me down. That's into my nap time. <laughs> you go first. What's your biggest need? Oh, that's a that's a fun thing to think about because I'm fresh on the heels of realizing just how much my team has grown. Yeah. Um, I just sent out today invitations to serve for the next month on my schedule, and I'm not scheduled to do anything. I'm scheduled to be the producer. Uh, which is fun because I get to go around and you know nitpick people. Um, Do you sit in the back, like in the what is it called, the fishbowl? Not the fishbowl, the other one. Sound booth. Mm-hmm. Oh, sound booth. Duh. Do, Do you, you mean the booth where say, sound happens? That's the sound booth. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say go camera one, camera two? No, I've got a guy doing that. Um, generally, now we could, and that's something that I mean for our unusual services uh, is a cool opportunity to have. Now, what I do end up doing 
is I'm, I'm there for key moments to do that just mm-hmm. without a headset. Um, <laughs> um, I let people outside the booth know what they need to know, and then we coordinate timing and stuff like that. Um, so I get to be hands-on with that. And then I get to also just kind of walk and see what things look like for people that are attending mm-hmm. um, and not serving. Because otherwise, I'll only ever see things from a booth. Um, so the freedom to do that is great. Uh, I, well, and the, and the freedom for you to troubleshoot something that, like, for all we know, could be, like, deep, deep in the infrastructure that only you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty important as well. Yeah, I would comfortably say that, like, for the, there's four main things that have to be filled. Take seven people to do it, but somehow works out to four that um, I need in a rotation. And it's people that do our online. Um, if you talk online and somebody talks back, that's one of one of my team members. Uh, we have somebody advancing lyrics um, and all the other visual stuff that isn't cameras. Um, I have somebody that is advancing the stuff that is cameras, um, their person on the headset, talking to our camera people with headsets. Mm-hmm. So that's our four camera operator, camera switcher, uh, lyrics, and online. Um, and if I had one more person I could pull for each one of those, that's, I'm, I'm glad to say that none of my needs are dire. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, that's why you can't pick just one. Yeah, I would continue to build just kind of generally and uh, add in rotations. Yeah, because we have people call out. We have people with work schedules that are unpredictable. Um, and we also have um, uh, month of February where I had uh, one guy that let me know he was probably only going to be on site for a worship service one Sunday. They just had the way their travel plans landed at the end of one month and the mm-hmm. beginning of another month and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kinds of things. So you're saying it's flexible. Yes. <laughs> ben, what's your biggest need? Mm, that's a tough question to answer. My biggest need in a technical sense is instrumentalist in particular and those with experience preferably. Mm-hmm. Because it's we've had instances of people who have never sung a note outside of their shower who their very first week they perform a set in front of 800 people, knock it out of the park. It's incredible. I don't preclude that possibility, and I love getting to walk through that journey with them. I would never discourage anybody who's maybe thought about it but never done it to not do it just because we're a little bit of a larger environment as far as live worship services, Um, because anybody can try. Anybody can audition. But over the past maybe year or two, we've had some struggle with like a lot of our seasoned or experienced church musicians. I think I've talked to you guys about this before. Mm are taking next steps and other opportunities. Like we had a keys player who just stepped into a worship leader position. It was a fantastic next step for him. It's where he needed to be. Um, But unfortunately it means we don't have that keys player who was like extremely experienced. Now, luckily we've had people step up and step in James included um, that are experienced musicians, but we seem to be over time having a lot of those seasoned musicians step out and a lot of, um, you could call them green musicians or green vocalists like coming into the team. And that's great. It's just a different season that we're in as a team right now. Um, but having that like core of really strong experienced musicians, um, can really elevate like a musical experience on a Sunday morning. Um, so some of that would be great, but I'm like James, we're, 
we kind of have teams where we're, we're never technically at capacity. Um, like no more, we cannot take any more volunteers because it allows us to free stuff up for like being a little bit more, um, flexible with our rotation and stuff like that. Having enough people in the wings to where if anybody had to cancel last minute for an emergency, you have like two to three people that you could pull from. Um, and also, uh, the moment you put a cap on, we have enough volunteers, you don't have the ability to say, okay, I have a dream for something bigger yeah. and it could require extra um, volunteers. Like there's there's some non-musical volunteer positions that I've toyed around with, like a stage side manager or something like that, um, which may be more in your purview or mine. I'm not really sure. That would just make sure that everything gets out and where it's supposed to go at the right time and stuff like that. So all that to say... Um, the Lord has blessed us with a fantastic team of musicians and vocalists that we all as a church get to enjoy on Sunday morning. There's always room for growth um, in my area, but I'm not sure if I can say with authority, like this is where our greatest need is. I gotcha. How about you, Sam? I wish I had done a survey before with all of our areas that are not represented, but I know that um, Kids Creek is typically in need of small group leaders, mm-hmm. consistent small group leaders. Um, S- same thing with uh, home groups, adult ministry. Is Rick, yeah. Rick's always, always, always uh, in need of more people to step up and take a home group leader role. Right. So for elementary aged children, so fifth grade, no, kindergarten to fifth grade, um, they serve every week. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of consistency and the ability to build relationships with the kids, just like I mentioned with Mr. Ed yeah. earlier, sending the postcard, because you see these kids week after week yeah. and you can check in with them. So that's one of the biggest needs for Kids Creek is small group leaders. Um, you covered adult, I would say guest services. I mean, there are so many different areas to serve and it's such a big team that I'm mm-hmm. sure that they could always use people, whether it's to greet people on a Sunday morning to hold open the door, help make them feel seen. Yeah. That's a, that's a great place to get started serving if you're unsure, because there's so many different ways to serve with guest services. If you've got that, like, and God love you, bright, shiny, smiling face <laughs> to give to people, which I do not have, <laughs> then you can be a door greeter. If you don't and you're surly, like I am, you can uh, help make coffee in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of ways to serve. And security falls under guest services, too. So yeah, if you like right. to be behind the scenes yeah, um, patrolling for safety, then mm-hmm. that's a great one. Um, for communications, I would say photographers, which is kind of in your realm, too, James, but photographers with the mindset of social media, mm-hmm. like capturing what a Sunday yeah. morning experience looks like. Yeah. Knowing what a moment looks like that's worth grabbing. Yeah. That's kind of a specialized skill that, yeah, is is not necessarily universal. And, and you may not be a, quote, photographer you might be great at posting on instagram even with your own the pictures of your own family because Mm -hmm. you you get you have that vision for it so photographer or content creator somebody who can make reels or Mm -hmm. tiktoks Mm -hmm. no we're not on tiktok yet but hopefully 2024 (laughs) brings that (laughs) here we go if i can get some volunteers so that's my shameless plug yeah what other uh ministry areas Care and counseling. Care and counseling. Yeah. Um, probably volunteers for Celebrate Recovery, which that one, there is a prerequisite. You have to have gone through yeah. some type of 12-step program Same to be able to Same thing with the classes, serve. and I think they, they often say that they would benefit from people to step up and lead those classes, too. So, like, grief mm-hmm. share and um, divorce care. Yep. Those kind of things. And then we also have mental health coaches. That's not yeah. a, a, a licensed professional counselor. It's a course that you go through and then you're able to coach someone. And there's places to serve with our partners and stuff like that, which is kind of that like 
in between area between yeah are you are you serving within the church or yeah sort of that's maybe a little (laughs) bit of both but needless to say there's there's a million different ways to serve out there and look if you're if you're a person out there that's not really sure where you fit maybe maybe you're not sure where you fit because we haven't even thought of the volunteer Mm. position that um you would be wonderful at and uh, would be a wonderful addition to the ministry of cedar creek church now I want to be careful in saying that because what we're saying is not that you need to come in hot with a pitch for some ministry that uh, <laughs> the leadership of Cedar Creek Church may or may not support at all. Um, but maybe if you see a, a gap or something missing or a need and the leadership agrees that that's a direction our church wants to head in, you could be the person that starts something really beautiful for this church family. Mm-hmm. I have to go back and add one. Um, we have a ramp team, which is more like a construction team, but oh, yeah. you don't have to have construction experience mm-hmm. because we have someone, a very dedicated volunteer. That's, I mean, maybe he's one that's been around for a while too, Mr. Johnny, um, who leads that team. And all you have to do is be able to follow directions, you mm-hmm. know, that hold a hammer, out. hit a nail. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, construction experience is great, but if you don't have it and you just like working with your hands then that's another great yeah. avenue. Well, this was fun guys. Did we miss Rick? Who? <laughs> I didn't, not personally. Don't worry, listeners. He will be back on our next episode. He's currently indisposed. We considered briefly uh, addressing the topic of what his problem is for this podcast. Just what's his deal? Uh, what is wrong with that guy? That was going to be the topic. I thought it was going to carry over from our other meeting. Was, what does he actually do? What is? Yeah, what's his? What's he up to? <laughs> uh, it's, it would have been a bad time to do it because, I mean, I think we started with a two-part episode this year and yeah. our last two have been over 45 minutes i mean we just don't have time to go we would into have that. to do a separate <laughs> podcast is that a proposal uh, <laughs> he'll be back there won't be time yeah we do miss you rick hope you're doing good <laughs> looking forward to having you back all right guys thanks for listening to the grace and the gray podcast where we use the black and white of scripture to speak truth into the gray areas of culture That's how you do it, Ben. All right. Have a great week, guys. Bye. (laughs)